Broadcasting from the Guest and Gray Law Offices studios in downtown Forney, Texas. This is KFNY, True Texas Radio. Good morning, and uh, welcome to Dig Deep this morning on KFNYTrueTexasRadio.com. You guys that have, uh, are joining us here on Facebook Live, uh, welcome to you as well. So excited you joined us this morning. It's a big day here in uh, Dallas, Texas, today, Forney area as we have the Cowboys playing the Packers this afternoon. And uh, my friend here at TrueTexasRadio.com, Will Rigdon, he, um, he's a big Packers fan. So uh, so this morning, for you guys on Facebook, you can see I brought my Cowboys hat. And uh, he's completely decked out in his, um, in his Packers stuff. So we've got the whole thing going on this morning here at, uh, at the radio station. And um, so we're really excited about the opportunity that we have to be with you this morning. And we are going to be kind of continuing our uh, our thought about we started last week on uh, the power of fellowship and community, and so uh, we're going to take a minute to begin that. And so we're glad you joined us this morning. You know, last week we talked about it's hard talking about the uh, the Cowboys and the Packers and this whole uh, idea of the game. You know, today all around the area, I know that Will has got a big thing going on at uh, his house today. Just a uh, um, a big fellowship time and community, and they're getting together. They got a, I think he's what, got brisket and ribs and brats and everything lined out, you know. So they're really excited about the whole idea of coming together, and and, uh, and it, it's pretty crazy how something like a big happenings, big events will uh, will bring people together and to be able to hang out together and spend time together, and that's where community is formed, and uh, that's where relationships are formed. So you take those moments when you come together and you just uh, you communicate, you hang out, you gather for a common purpose, you gather for a common cause. And uh, there's, there's so much value to that, you know, and I think we need to recognize the value of those moments. I think so many times in our lives that as we think about the power of fellowship and community, so many times in our lives we let those moments uh, just get by us. You know, we don't look back and, and see how powerful they were uh, in our lives. And so one of the things that I've thought about even this past weekend, I was uh, just got back from uh, Lone Star, Texas, and I was there with a group of people that, uh, uh, that I met several years ago, I guess five years ago. And there's a, a guy named Dustin Barrett who is a youth pastor at um, Davis Street Baptist Church in Sulphur Springs, Texas. <clears throat> and I was connected with uh, with Dustin. And through that connection, Dustin connected me with these uh, this group of people that uh, a group of youth pastors and churches that come together um, all the time. And they uh, have different events. They do a, a community event where they go around town and they they clean the college work camp uh, week have worship and stuff at night and during the day they clean up around the city and do different things in the community and paint houses and such as that and through that relationship with Dustin I got connected with those guys and I think that that's how fellowship and community is meant to work even like I told you last week the the connection that I have with Will and how this all came about and meeting last January a year ago and then going through and building relationship and even this morning as I got here we've bantered back and forth you know about the Cowboys and the Packers and he's showed me music and that's what relationship is all about that's what God intended for it to be and and he wants us to recognize the value of those relationships and how that those are opportunities for us as believers and for those that are struggling and searching in life to find those connections where they can have friendships and they can have relationships uh, that do go deeper. And that's the whole point of this broadcast. And what we want to do is we want to encourage people uh, to dig deeper, uh, to go and, and look past just that surface. Most people live uh, just like a rock skipping across the water. You know what I'm saying? They, they are uh, living life uh, just at a, a surface level uh, because they're are struggling to find those connections. They're struggling to find those relationships. And that's um, exactly why Jesus came. And, and that's what we want to talk about this morning. We want to continue the thought, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But Jesus came to, to show us um, who God was and, and who God is, rather, and, and to show us how he expects, one, us to live, but he wanted to show us how to live, you know? He wanted to show us how it's possible for us to have relationships and what that even looks like. And so as you think about today and all the things that are going on and the happenings that happen around life as you get together for different events and, and milestones in your life and opportunities and you celebrate together and today people all across uh, the Texas area and beyond will get together in homes and They'll eat together and they'll hang out. They'll scream at the TV and they'll holler. And if you're like me, when I'm watching an LSU game, sometimes I turn it off and go outside because I don't like what's going on, but I can't stand it. I come back in and turn it back on. All those things that happen, you know, just as you're living life. Um, but one of the things that Jesus came to show us was 
the value of that. And that's why it's significant that Jesus Christ's first miracle was at a wedding. Um, he, he came and he, he, he grew in, into a man and, and then he was invited to weddings. And weddings in, in that day, uh, and many times they lasted a week. They were a week-long celebration. And they would go on and on and on. And, and when you were invited to a wedding back in the times of, of in Jesus' day, it was, a, it was an honor. They, they, you were valued as a friend, just like it is in our day. You were valued as someone that they wanted you to be a part of that experience with them. And so when Jesus is there, he's celebrating, he's enjoying the time together. And I think so often we, we miss that part of who Jesus was. And so I, I think that that was the, I think that's significant. And I believe that's significant because Jesus was at a party. Um, he was at a moment where he was celebrating with people. He was enjoying, just like today, we'll all be around the TV, watching the game together or wherever the case may be. Um, and that's all about fellowship and community and developing those relationships. And, and, the, and the goal, the end goal, obviously, uh, I believe we can learn from Jesus Christ was that uh, he was all about hanging out with people, being around people. And, and so I believe that's the thing that we, as we move into today and beyond, and as we talk about this whole idea of fellowship community and, and we get this as, as you come to the end of this, of this broadcast, if you'll hang on to the end, you'll see that we're going to show you how that connects, how that our relationship with Jesus Christ and with our Father should in turn translate into relationships with other people so that they can begin to understand and have a life at a deeper level. They can have people they trust. You can have people that you can turn to. Isn't it funny that just simply by watching a game together today, you're going to maybe connect with somebody that could be a relationship that down the road, you could be there for them in the most difficult times of their life. Um, you could be a part of their life. You know, when we moved here to 40, 15 years ago, uh, that was one of the things as we look back that we see what was probably the, I would say the the primary thing that God sent us here for is to show us how to dive into a community, how to be a part. And when you do that, it gets messy at times. And We all make mistakes. We all have issues. We all struggle. But it's to, to dive into relationships so that you can, at some point, uh, begin to, to be there for one another, to encourage each other. And as believers, that should be a priority, that we should look for ways to connect with our neighbors, with people around us, and, and have those opportunities. Because just like my situation this past weekend, a relationship with Dustin Barrett, um, led me to an opportunity where I got to meet Jason Dietz and, and, and Jonathan McGraw and, and all these guys that are, were associated with that retreat where I spoke this weekend. And we have, we have community, right? And so I want to encourage you today to think about that. You know, uh, it's interesting too that so often I believe in, in religion and, and such as that, we, we miss that. We, we continue to kind of live life at the surface. We continue to live life at a level where it doesn't go deep. We are insecure. We're struggling with our own issues. And we don't want you to think that, that there's anything wrong with us. You know, um, we, we live by that false belief that says that I must meet certain people's approval to feel good about myself. We are more concerned about the appearance of things than we are about the depth of things. And, and so I believe that what Jesus showed us was, look, I want to show you how to live and I want to show you how to hang out with people. And so he did it in such an intimate and such a relevant and such a real way that the people in the religious community were really appalled at the way he did it. Um, he was all about letting people know, look, you, you've got somebody here, somebody that that, that loves you no matter what, somebody that, that wants to have a conversation with you, somebody that, that wants to show you a better way, somebody that wants to show you a, a way to live and to let you know, hey, look, you know what? In spite of all that you've done, in spite of who you are, in spite of where you are, that, that I want to spend time with you. And you see that all throughout the Bible, uh, whether you see Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house, the tax collector, which uh, people hated him, and, and people, the religious people couldn't believe that Jesus was going into the house of the sinner, Right? But it goes back to what I just said, is that Jesus wanted people to know, look, that I want to come in, I want to hang out with you, I want to spend time with you, I want to have a relationship with you. Because he knew that living life with people would open opportunities where they would see who he was and they would recognize, hey, you know what? I am valuable. I am loved. I can find forgiveness. I can find hope. I can't have a communication or have an intimate relationship with God. And it's interesting because there's a verse in Matthew chapter 11, verse 16 through 19, and I think it kind of, uh, it just exemplifies everything that we're talking about because Jesus was all about connecting with people so much so that, as I said, some people didn't understand why he hung out with who he did. And, and here's the thing to see. It wasn't that Jesus was would go into these situations. It was one that he, that he would allow himself to enter into maybe some of the things that was going on with their lives, but he would be there to be a part of their lives to let them know that they could be accepted, they could find forgiveness. I think many of you today listening, and maybe many of you watching today, just 
we live a life that's filled with guilt and shame, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, and why we live that way. But, but Jesus Christ came uh, to be a part of our lives and to show us there is a way that we can be forgiven, we can have hope, we can be loved. And uh, it's interesting, in Matthew 11, uh, 16 through 19, Jesus said, to what can I compare this generation? And the generation he's talking about is the religious leaders, those people that um, said they were following God and, and said they were doing these things. And, and really, in the reality of it all, as we talk about in the weeks ahead, it was all about what it made them look like, you know? He says, what can I compare this generation? It's like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs and you didn't dance. We played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. In other words, they're saying, he's saying, you guys that are religious, you guys Pharisees and all these people that are in the synagogue, you you have a certain way that you think I should be responding. You think I should be uh, how how you want me to be. You think I should respond the way that, that you live life. But I'm coming to show you a new way. I'm coming to show you a different way. I'm, coming to show, I, I'm here to show you who God is and how much he loves people. And listen to what he says. He says, I'm not, I'm not doing everything the way you want me to do it. And then verse 18 says, For John didn't spend time eating and drinking, and you say he was demon-possessed. In other words, John the Baptist came, and, and he, he preached the message, and you had an excuse for why you wouldn't listen to him or why you wouldn't be a part of his life. And then he says, And now the Son of Man, or as uh, Jesus, on the other hand, he feasts and he drinks, and you say he's a glutton, that he's a drunkard, and a friend of tax collectors and of sinners. But wisdom is shown, watch this, wisdom is shown to be right, by its results. I love that verse. Wisdom is shown to be right by its results. And basically the whole gist of it is this, and, and I want to encourage us as believers to, to recognize and as, as people to understand that what this verse in Matthew is saying is that, look, Jesus didn't come to do it the way that the religious said that he should do it. He didn't come to live by <clears throat> some standard that had been excuse me, that had been established by man. He came to show us who God was, who God is and how we could have a relationship with God through him. And as believers, he showed us how to live, how to hang out with people, how to be a part of their lives. And so I was thinking about some songs, and there's several songs that came to my mind, and there's a song that I've always loved um, by James Taylor. I love James Taylor. And there's a song called You've Got a Friend, and I know that you've heard it, but every time I hear that song, I think about the idea of being so connected with people, you know, that at those times when they're struggling, or maybe they need prayer, or whatever the case may be, that that in their mind they'll think, you know what, I know Stephen and Donna, and they've been with me in, in some times in my life, they've connected with me and haven't judged me, or whatever the case may be, and I think I'll just give them a call. What, don't you want to be that person? And, and many of you, I saw some people jump on the broadcast here on Facebook as well, That, and, and maybe you're listening by radio, that to be that person that says, you know what, hey, just call on me. And you know, Carol King wrote this song, James Taylor says, in a response uh, to his song Fire and Rain, where it says that he's, he's been in moments when he didn't have a friend. You know, I've lived life when I didn't feel like I had a friend. And Carol King wrote the song, and she said, you know what, you got a friend, and it's in me. So I want to play this song for us. Let's listen to it. Catch the words as we, as we kind of listen to it together, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Turn dark and full of clouds 
And that old north wind should begin to blow Keep your head together And call my name And then he says, um, winter, spring, summer, fall, every season, anything that you're going through, uh, I'll be there. And uh, when the storm, the strong winds are blowing and, man, you need someone, just call me. And soon I'll be knocking down your door. You know, there are people watching this broadcast today and, and listening possibly even on the radio. And, and as we just take a minute, we'll think. You know, there's those people in our life that we know we can turn to. And, and I believe that as, as people, as, as individuals, and especially as, as believers, that we profess that we know Christ, man, we should become those people uh, for those around us. That, that man, when things go awry or things don't happen the way that they should, that we know that we can turn to somebody. And, and hopefully that person would be you. That's the whole thing that Jesus was trying to show us. That's why he was accused of being a friend of sinners and accused of being a friend of tax collectors and a drunkard and all these things because he was hanging out with people that were maybe other religious people wouldn't have hung out with. He was developing community and relationship and fellowship with those people. And in turn, the idea was, look, you got a friend. And it's a friend in God. And here's the thing. I want you to see that I want you to be connected with him. And, and I want to show you how to do that. And I thought about that. In fact, as I, one of my buddies that came up here, uh, Brian Smith, I saw him come up on Facebook. And just the relationships that we have and, and different people that are listening. If you'll just take just a minute and think, you know, that... That matters to me. You know there are people, and if something took place in their life, that, man, you would knock their door down. And you know what I believe God wants to teach us is to expand those borders and, and to recognize that all those relationships that we have, all those opportunities that we have, they're a direct result of God himself. And in that, that what God wants to teach us, and this is what we talked about last night, as we kind of move toward our message this morning, uh, the thing that I want to kind of bring, and I feel God leading me to, to, to show you and to share with you guys this morning, is that... The connection that we have with God is so essential because the Bible says that God is love and that without God, we don't even know how to love. But through God, he shows us how to love. Without him in our life, without that example of Jesus Christ in our life, 
You know, we're, we're living life based upon our own thoughts, our own initiatives, our own reality. And, and man, as we'll see in a few minutes, that, that's, that doesn't give us much. But through Christ and learning through his example and allowing him to have control of our life and to recognize that our lives are ordered, that God is leading our steps and guiding our steps, he will take us into relationships and lead us to places. As we look back, we will see how he significantly and strategically placed us in moments and opportunities. So today as you're, as you're watching a football game, recognize there may be somebody there that you meet for the first time and that God's establishing that relationship with, with that person for something on down the road. You know, we had a, an instance this past week where uh, one of my daughter's friend's uh, grandmother uh, found out that, that she has breast cancer. And little did we know that years ago when we moved to Forney and that Megan connected with uh, this this young lady and they became good friends and then they do they do so many things together and they travel from place to place and do different things and 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 this week uh, we got a call from this lady and she said hey could I swing by and she she came by the house and and knocked on the door and we were like absolutely we sat on our table and we talked and we and we cried and we prayed together that's I mean that's what it's about is those moments where you meet a family you develop a relationship and then that relationship is designed by God. Who knows for what down the future? But I, I want to reiterate the idea is that it, it starts with you and God. It starts being in that relationship and that fellowship with Him to learn and to recognize that uh, understanding how valuable that relationship is first and beginning there. You know, years ago uh, when I was in my, when Don and I were in our late 20s, uh, we were connected to someone that was, I think, exemplifies this song perfectly for us. Uh, this whole idea of you've got a friend. You know, when you grow up in church, and I grew up in Baptist churches all my life, and my dad was a pastor, and, and all these different things that we grew up in, and, and, and a lot of times you, you grow up in religion, and you have different guidelines and rigid things that you feel like, okay, well, I've got to do these things to be accepted. I've got to do these things to be all right with God. And so you feel, confined, um, you feel trapped many times. And so we, at, we were at a church there in Little Rock, Arkansas, and we, we met a couple named Marty and Joan Kyle and as we uh, entered into a relationship with them and I remember the first time I, I saw Marty <clears throat> Marty was a, a recovering alcoholic and and he was going through recovery and man he was just full of life and full of energy and I remember one morning one Sunday morning we were in this this church and I had to wear a suit and tie out of church and um, and it was uh, pretty you know I mean it was pretty detailed as far as things and the way they had, had to order the things which is fine and, and so I remember sitting there, and this guy comes down to the front, and he had a rat tail. Remember rat tails? And uh, so this guy comes down front. It comes to the pastor and takes the pastor by the hand, and I see him. He's standing up to the front, and he's got this rat tail coming down. I remember thinking in my mind, well, that's different. You know, that, that doesn't fit here in this environment. And so uh, as, we were, uh, as, we were set, as we were going through the service and afterwards, uh, as time rocked along, I began, I met Marty. And I remember spending so many hours with Marty and and spending time with him and, and the relationship and developing that relationship. And, and over time, I realized my walls began to come down because I connected with him and he connected with me. We became friends. We became in a relationship. We became brothers. And, and he, as he would share with me, I would find my own walls coming down and I felt accepted. I felt like there were things that I could talk to him about that, that I had never talked about with anybody else. I felt like that I, I wasn't as condemned and that the, the failures and the secrets of my life that I struggled with that finally, for the first time, I felt like I wasn't the only one in the world that was struggling with these things. I mean, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like there's things in your life that that you're struggling with that, that nobody else is struggling with? Do you, do you feel like that when you walk into the community that you, you can't let others know exactly what's going on in your life? And I understand that we're the same way. But don't you long for that moment, for an opportunity just where you could have somebody you could talk to? Man, that's why Jesus came. You see, Jesus came to enter into these relationships to let them know, look, one, I want you to know I love you. Secondly, I want to know, I want you to know that I, I want to hear from you. I want to listen to you. I want to be there for you. And then we in turn as believers are to have that same mentality. You see, that's what Marty and Joan did for Don and I, for our family. I want to tell you, we were we are never the same. We will we have never been the same, rather, because of that relationship. And I remember there came a season in our life where uh, we would go to their house, and there was a small group of us. And this is something as we go in the weeks ahead that I want to share with you guys. Because today you're going to get together to watch a ball game. What, what would it be like to get together with a group of people and just have community and, and have trust and authenticity, and you could pray together, you could bear one of those burdens, you could share with one another. And, and maybe you have that already. 
But I want you to know that that's what Jesus intended. That's what he modeled for us with his disciples, with the people around him. He showed us that. That's what he intended for this whole thing called the ecclesia or the church, as you would say, this, this called out group of people, that we would be in community with one another, that we would bear one, another bur one another's burdens, that we'd be there for one another when we struggled, that we would help each other when we were in need. That, that's what it was all about. And so Marty and Joan became that for us. And, and we began to go to their home and there would be a small group of us. And, and the whole goal of that time together was just to begin to let our walls drop down, to, to begin to learn how to worship to begin to, to learn what it meant to have a relationship with God, a friendship with Jesus Christ, to know that, that he was more concerned about our soul, just like James Taylor says, you know? That whole idea, I love the line where he says that, that people will take your soul. They'll take your soul if you let them. But as, as believers, it's our responsibility. And what Jesus wanted us to see through his example was he wanted to save our soul, not take it. He wanted to, to help us. And you know, the soul... Is, is our mind, what we think. It's our will. It's what we do. It's our feelings. It's how, how we feel. And, and so in this life and, and in, in this world that we live in, there, there is a real enemy, which we talked about a little bit last week. And we'll finish up today. But his whole purpose is to take your soul. His whole purpose is to destroy your life. And so in those times with Marty and Joan, we begin to enter in and we begin to just worship together. And we begin to just spend time together. And as we spent time together and we laughed and we ate and we fellowshiped, we had community. We would go out and hang out and just go different places, do different things. And then we'd come to those moments where we'd just sit around and we would talk and we would pray. And then you know what we begin to do? We begin to worship together. We begin to just put on some, at that time, I can't remember if it was CDs or tapes, but we begin to listen to some songs. And I'll never forget Marty introduced us to a group called Hillsong. I grew up in... Uh, you know, in, in churches, and, and most of the time we would use hymnals and, and choruses and things like that. We're not a part of the DNA of that, that congregation. But as much as I love the old hymns and as great as they are, there are some songs that we begin to sing and that begin to, to tap into this part of my life. And I remember we'd go to Marty's house and he'd say, okay, I want you guys to, he would just say, close your eyes and, and just let this be you and God. Because can I tell you something? That's where it all begins. Fellowship and community, everything begins in that relationship with God through Jesus Christ, which I'm going to share with you in just a few minutes how you can do that. And so we would sit there and and we would talk and we would listen and, and we would listen to Hillsong and they would sing. And there was a song that they would they would play. And, um, and it was a song by Hillsong and Darlene Sheck and it's called I Will Never Be the Same. And and I want you to listen to the song and we're going to worship together. And as we do this, I just kind of want you to, I want to ask you to just take just a minute and just a few minutes and just even close your eyes as you're listening to it. And think about this truth, what we've talked about. God wants us to have community. He wants us to have fellowship, first of all, with Him. He wants you to know this morning that, man, you were loved and completely accepted. Yeah, you've screwed up. Yeah, you've battled struggles. Yeah, you're facing some adversity. We all do. Yeah, you're struggling through a difficulty. Maybe it's sickness and disease and things like that. and You're uncertain of your future. But that's what... God sent Jesus. That's why God sent Jesus Christ, rather. So that you and I could recognize, look, I care. He cares about that. And he wants to be a part of our life. And just like James Taylor said, listen, I'll come knocking your door down. Can I tell you something? And Jesus does every day. He wants you to know that he doesn't want you to be the same. He wants you to experience change. He wants you to experience hope. And it's through him that you can have that. So we're going to play this song. As we play it, I just want you to take a minute and I want you to think about these thoughts of community and fellowship and this idea that Jesus came to show us how, how to do it. And he came to show us who God was. And he came to show us, look, he loves you. And he wants you to understand that no matter what you're facing, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, that you are loved and you can be forgiven and you can have a new day. And but when you get that new day, when you understand that, then you can in turn share that with other people. And those moments in Marty and Joan Kyle's living room, listen to these songs we close our eyes and sometimes we turn the lights off and dim everything down just so we could feel secure and feel like hey I'm, it's just me and God would you take a minute and just do that you know and just worship and listen to these words that Hillsong sings and understand that today could be the day that, that you'll never be the same and this song marked us and it changed us so I want you to hear it today
know, as I, as I listen to that, it can take me back, you know, to that moment where uh, we were sitting in that living room and individually beginning to recognize, you know what, hey, that we can have this relationship. Well, first of all, with God, and then we can have that that community with other people where that we do truly bear one of those burdens, that we true, truly come into fellowship uh, with one another. And and as I think back and as we kind of enter into this this whole talk, as we're talking about how fellowship and, and community are empowering, how powerful they are. You know, last week we talked about this whole idea of how that it was disrupted. We looked at how that in the beginning God created man and he saw, look, it's not good for man to be alone, but yet man had community with God and had fellowship with God. And so then God created woman so that they could have that community together. In other words, as we talked about, God gave Adam that relationship with himself and he gave him everything that in part of who he was and, and he was created in the image of God. And then he created Eve as as to have community with Adam and then together individually they'd have the relationship with God and then together they would complete that. You know, and, and last week one of the things we, we, we didn't really talk about was as you, as you look in Genesis chapter 1 and it kind of gives the account of the creation of man as well and he told them, look, be fruitful and multiply. And, and so between when, when man was created and, and, and woman was created and they had community, then there's a, there's a, there's a gap there. There's this, this life that was lived where they did have community. They did have harmony. They did have fellowship. They did walk through the garden. They did have intimate community with God himself. God, the Bible says, it walked with them in the cool of the day that he spent time with them, that he lived among them, and that it was a perfect situation. They had kids. They, they began to multiply. They, they had relationships, and, and all this community was shared within that environment. And then we get to where all that was disrupted. And last week we talked about how the the enemy's goal, first of all, is to, to disrupt our community with God, and then also to disrupt our community with one another. And interestingly enough, it's it's so diabolical about the way he works is that he creates chaos in our lives and in our relationships so often. But because that relationship with God has been disrupted, until it's restored, until we understand how much God loves us, and this principle about that Jesus came to show us who God is and how much he wants to be a part of our lives. You see, that relationship is crucial. You see, you've got to understand, just like the song said, I, I will never be the same. Why? Not because of anything that we've done and not because of anything that anybody else is going to do for you. It's because of what God has done for you. And what has he done? We see in the beginning, as you go back and we look, and if you want to, you can look in Genesis chapter 3, and you see that, that this moment happens where Adam and Eve eat the apple. Eve first, and they didn't know they were naked, but then Adam ate it, as we talked about, who was there with her. And then they knew. You see, his choice, his decision, is what disrupted that communication and that fellowship with God. At that moment, that's when, after Adam ate, that's when they knew they were naked. That's when they felt shame. That's when they felt fear. That's when they felt guilt for the first time. Understand, those are things that we're born with. Those are things we're born into, rather. We come into life. Even as a small child, we recognize right and wrong. Even as a small child, we can feel feelings and, and we can feel shame and we can feel guilt. We can feel disappointment. We can feel hurt. We can feel pain. We were born into that. You see, understand Adam and Eve had never experienced that before because they were in perfect harmony with God. They were in perfect fellowship and community with God and they were in perfect fellowship and community with one another. But at this moment, everything changed. And in Genesis chapter 3, uh, there in verse uh, 8, the Bible says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. You see, God spent time with them in, in perfect harmony. He was there with them. And the Bible says, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And the Lord God called out and said, where are you? The man said, I re Adam replied, I heard you walking in the garden. And so I hid. I was afraid and I was naked. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And then watch this. The man replied, it was the woman that you gave to me uh, and who gave me the fruit. And then I ate it. And then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And, and then the woman says, well, the devil deceived me. And then I ate it. Lord God said to the serpent, which is the enemy, the devil, he said, because you've done this, you're cursed. You'll crawl as all, you're more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You'll crawl in your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I'll cause hostility between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. And that's referencing the hope in the future. They said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And in pain, you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. 
And to the man he said, Since you have listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat from, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. Though you will eat of its grains, by the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat, until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from the dust, and to the dust you will return. Then that man, Adam and, and Eve, his wife, because she knew she'd be the mother of all alive. And the Lord God made clothing for the animal from the animals for Adam and Eve. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out and take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they'll live forever. In this condition. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden and sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had made. And after sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden. And he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. In other words, this moment in time came where that fellowship was broken. That intimate relationship that they had, that personal eye-to-eye contact, that community that they had with God in the garden, the person of Jesus Christ, that that opportunity they had to, to be together with him because of their choice had been separated. And they had to leave. And not only did they have to leave, but they began to struggle, just like you and I. You know, so often we focus on the different things that he speaks about. Having to scratch out a living from the earth and, and all these different things. And I think beyond that, which those things are all true. The pain of, of childbirth for women and, and, and this whole idea of having to struggle to be subjected in life at different times. And as we all are subjected to sin and such as that. I want to look deeper and realize that it's, it's more than that. It's the idea that we live with guilt. We live with shame. We live with confusion. We live with doubt. We live with uncertainty. We live with this thing that we have to to battle to survive. We have to battle through all these things. And in and of ourselves, we can't do it. And and they couldn't go back to that moment. Because at that time, then they were separated from God. And this was never the way God intended for it to be. I think that's the thing that I want to communicate God never intended for this to happen. He wanted us to be in perfect harmony with him. He wanted us to to be complete. He wanted us to be free from guilt, free from shame, free from all these things. But because of sin, because of choice, then all those things changed. And then those things changed between Adam and Eve. Those things changed between their children and themselves. Everything became difficult. Everything became distant. Everything. The first thing they did was what? Blame each other. Adam looked and blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. And isn't that the way life has been ever since? This idea that we are born into life, even a two-year-old child, you can say, did you do that? And they'll point at somebody else. It's in us. We are born into this life, the Bible says, as sinners. Romans tells us in 3 that we've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. And it all started right here in this moment. You see, the enemy's purpose was to cause chaos. And you know what? He did exactly what he intended to do. And the result of it was that now we have to battle through all these difficulties and struggles. And it feels hopeless at times. You know, I wonder how they felt when they walked out of the garden for the first time. You see, everything changed. Fear, guilt, shame, blame, separation. They had intimate community with God, now it's gone. Perfect situation, perfect environment, perfect community. Their children, their everything. I mean, he, they had everything they needed. But in this one moment, everything changed. Not just for them, but for us. You know, there's a, Bible, there's a verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says, When Adam sinned, sin entered into the world. And Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone because everyone has sinned. And so as we think about this, I wanted you to kind of to, to take a minute and kind of reflect and, and, and share with you this whole idea of that, that when all this happened in the very beginning of time, that the enemy's plan was to disrupt fellowship and community. First of all, with God. And then with one another. And man, he thought he had done his job well. And he has. And he did. But you know what? The thing that is so amazing about God and so awesome about God was right there in that moment. He prophesied and he spoke, look, yeah, you won this little moment right here, but I'm going to win the war. In fact, if you look back at the passage, there's a verse in there where it says that that the woman uh, is going to bear in pregnancy and give birth and, and it comes down to this, this one part where it says that uh, he's talking about the enemy. In verse 15 it says, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Now watch this. He, 
he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. And basically in that moment, he's saying, you know what, look here, you've caused chaos, but I've got an answer. And that answer is my son, Jesus. And yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to strike his heel, but he's going to crush your head. He's going to destroy the work that you've done. He's going to make a way, and he's coming, and he's going to make everything right. And from that moment, God himself began to say, look, I'm sending a Messiah. I'm sending a Savior. I'm sending the answer to your problem. This whole idea of how this, this fellowship has been disrupted, this whole idea of how this community has been disrupted, I'm going to change this. And I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it well. And I'm going to send my son, and he will do exactly what I ask him to do. Where Adam failed, he won't. Where Adam struggled, he'll stand. And he'll make a way. And it's because of that today that we can know that we can have a relationship with God himself. You see, from that time in the garden, all of life and all of history and all of mankind looked forward to the time when the answer would come. When what God had promised would take place, that would come. And so from that point that point forward, yeah, there were struggles. You can read throughout the Old Testament, struggle after struggle after struggle after struggle. Difficulties, pain, horrible acts, things that have taken place, just like in the world that we live today. But the answer to all of this that we face and the answer to everything that we'll go through is based and rooted in the topic that we're talking about. It's in this idea of having restored fellowship and restored community with God himself. And how do we do that? Through Jesus. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 11. Listen to this verse. It's an incredible verse. It says, when we were utterly helpless, helpless, you ever feel helpless? You ever feel like you just don't know what the answers are? You ever, you ever feel like you're in this moment when you don't know where to turn, right? When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now watch this. Most people, verse 7 says, would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God, verse 8, showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now check this out. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. You see, we were separated from God. The whole idea was that we didn't have a way. Through the whole Old Testament, it's all about God showing us the answer is coming. In fact, he gave, he gave different festivals and he gave different uh, moments in time. He built a tabernacle, had the people build a tabernacle to show that relationship with God, and they were they were priests that the people had to go through. They couldn't have this intimate relationship with God because they had been separated. But what God did was in his love, send his son Jesus. And Jesus came, and the Bible says he was born a virgin, which we just celebrate, born uh, of a virgin named Mary. And he entered into this life, and he entered this life, and he grew up, and he lived life, and went through everything that we would go through. The Bible says he's experienced everything that we would ever experience. And he grew up and became a man. And the thing that he did was he showed us, first of all, how to obey God, how to follow God's purpose for our life, how to listen to the power of the Holy Spirit and, and follow his leadership in our life, to do the will of the Father. And then he showed us how to have relationships with other people. Why? Because he wanted to show us how God wanted us to see him. And that is a friend of sinners. That is a friend of the drunk, a friend of people, a friend of no matter what it is, whatever you've gone through, whatever you've faced, that that's what he wants to come into your life and be a part of your life. He wants to change your life, just like the song says. And you know what? You'll never be the same. How does he do that? Through relationships, through community. And that way we can begin to understand, look, I can have that relationship with God. You see, once we understand that truth, we're, sure to, we're able to share that truth with other people around us. That's the whole idea of this message. That's the whole idea of this broadcast. That's the whole idea that we're moving forward is to teach people to recognize, look, God wants to restore that relationship with you first. You can be forgiven. You can find hope. You can find those answers that you need in your life. And they are through that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And then when we understand that, then we can share that with other people. We see we follow Jesus' example. And how do you do that? Through community. He walks with people just like we do. He spent time with people just like we should. He went and hung out with people. I believe if man, if Jesus was living today, if he was here on this earth with us today, the man, he might go to Will's house this afternoon and hang out, eat ribs and brisket, hang out, spend time with people. 
laugh, watch the game, celebrate. Man, that's who he was. That's what he did. So the enemy's plan was to disrupt all that, to cause that to end. The enemy's plan was to destroy everything that God had created. But guess what? God's plan was to restore it all, make it exactly the way intended for it to be, so that we on this earth, in this life, could have community with people. And how do we do that? By having community with God. Where does that start? Man, let me tell you something. Today that starts in a relationship with God himself. He wants us to understand that though we've failed and though we have sinned, we've all sinned, we all fall short, that through him, we can have restoration. Through him, we can have forgiveness. Through him, things can be different. When we trust him, when we looked him for his leadership in our life, you see, that's what Jesus was all about. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And when we put our faith in him, no matter what, the man, he'll make it make us right with God. Would you do that this morning? Would you take a moment just to stop and pause and say, you know what? Everything around me is in chaos. We are looking to wives and husbands and children to satisfy us. We are looking to our jobs. We're looking to all these things. You see, because everything that we have to do to survive, now we find our significance in so many other things. Who we're known by, how many people we know. We find our significance in our issues and our struggles. We battle through so many different difficulties in life. And this morning, what I believe God has sent me in this moment to tell you today was this. is Look, he came, Jesus Christ came to restore what was lost in Eden. To make it all right. To bring things back into order for our lives. And today you can do that. You know, the Bible says in John 15, verse 9 through 17, it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have taught you these things. Why? So that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Check this out. That you would love each other in the same way that I have loved you. That you would have a relationship with one another. He says, there is no greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you to do. Watch this. I no longer call you slaves. Because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you're my friends. Since I have told you everything that the Father has told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. Watch this. This is my command. Love each other. The whole idea that, that Jesus came and the whole point was to restore everything that had been lost. Jesus Christ came to make everything right. And so how does this all sum together? You know, today, as, as you're having those moments where you come together with people and in life, as you connect with people, recognize that there are no accidents. Everything is, is with intent. Everything is for a purpose. You know, you joining this broadcast today, watching here on Facebook Live, it's, it's for a purpose. God brought you here for a purpose. And that is so that you could hear what the enemy meant to destroy in the very beginning which was what God established from the very beginning. God is now restored through, restored through Jesus Christ. You see, if you look at it, in the very beginning, God created man to have fellowship with him, and that happened. But then he said, you know what? I want you to have someone you can have community with. So he created a wife for Adam. And then they were to have community together and share that with their children, with their family, with those around them. And that connection that they had was because of the connection they had with God individually. So what did the enemy do? He came, disrupted it, destroyed it. He came to cause chaos. And in the midst of that moment, God himself made a promise. He said, you know what? I'm going to make this right. And I'm going to do it by sending my son, Jesus Christ. And he's going to come. He's going to show you how to live. Man, he's going to show you how to be a believer. He's going to show you how to have community. And above everything else, he's going to show you who I really am and what I want for you. And what is that? Life. You see, because Jesus Christ, as I said a while ago, He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. So do you get it? Do you see it? This whole idea, everything that's taking place, what the enemy meant for evil, God has turned into good. And what the enemy meant to destroy, God is causing, has, has made a way so that it could be restored. And in our life as believers, the thing that I, I want to share with you today and I want you to, to, to focus in on is, is this first decision that you need to make. Is that, as I said a while ago, man, what you need most of all, your husband's not going to fill that void. I mean, if you don't believe that, you can ask my wife, Donna. I, 
That's the truth. And that void that, as a husband that you're searching for, listen, your wife's not going to fill that void. Relationships aren't going to fill that void. Your jobs, the things that you do, your children, all those, nothing is going to fill that void, that connection for true fellowship and community that you're longing for. The thing that's going to fill that void is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And just simply by saying, you know what, I believe. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it shares with us, look, it's, it says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. The Bible says, for with the heart, man believeth, right? And you're justified. With the mouth, we confess and we are saved. You know, just by taking a minute and saying, Lord, I believe in you. I've been looking for everybody else and everything else to satisfy me and to fill that void in my life. And Lord, you're the only one that can. God, this confusion in my life, I, I don't know what to do about it. Lord, this issue that I'm facing, this struggle that I'm up against, God, I don't know where to turn. And I understand today that the enemy's sole purpose has been to cause me to be in this place in my life where I would look to everything else but you. I want that restored today. Lord, what you meant for the, me in the very beginning, I want you to do that, restore that in my life. So it's just, simple, it's just a simple moment where you just simply say, you know what, Lord, I believe. I believe that through Jesus Christ you made a way. I believe that you can forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you can change my life today. It's a decision. It's not the words that save you. It's the belief that saves you. It's the faith. That's why Paul said, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works so we can boast. He said that in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. You see, the idea that we need to recognize, and until we get that right, nothing else will be right. Nothing else will matter. Until we get that relationship right, then when we do that, the end of Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, it says this, that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good things that he ordained for us long ago. You see, there is a plan for your life. The Bible says that. It says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. But you see, folks, here's the thing is that we've got to recognize until we get that relationship right, none of that's going to happen. God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. That's a fact. But now it's our responsibility to come to that place where we acknowledge, God, I need you. More than I need anything else, I need you. And so if you'll do that, I promise you, he'll come into your life. He'll make a difference. Hey, listen, I'm not telling you everything's going to change right now because it's not. But you'll change. And then here's where it goes, gets really good. Then when that relationship's right, guess what? Then the relationship with your wife, with your husband, with your children, it begins to change. Then that community begins to form, and it starts there. You see, what we want to teach you is that what God intended was in the very beginning in the garden that, that he had a relationship with man, and that that relationship translates into the family, where you live. Whatever your address is, that's where it starts, where you have that, that community, that relationship with, with God individually and then with one another. You share that love with each other. Then, then it moves out from there. Then it goes beyond that. So often we're looking outside and we're looking for someone to do for us. You know what? What's, what God can do for only you by yourself. And that's where community and fellowship starts. Then it shares beyond there. That's why marriages are failing. That's why families are destroyed. That's why students are going through such chaos and, and struggle in life. Because you see, the enemy has attacked the very core of fellowship and community. He's attacked everything that God intended to develop in the very beginning. And so as believers and as individuals that understand it, man, it's my job and my responsibility to share this truth with you today. Because here's what will happen. is when you and I get this right individually, and then we begin to share that in our home collectively, when we pray together as a family, when we spend time together in the Word as a family, when we begin to move that relationship deeper, then it translates itself out from there. And we share it. And as the church, as the ecclesia that call that group of people, then that's when we begin to go to other people. That's when we have that community. And so going back to the very beginning, today, all across Texas, today, all across the world, there are different moments and opportunities that people are going to come together. People of all sorts, types, sizes, issues, struggles, whatever the case may be. And today they'll come around and they'll hang out, they'll eat, they'll scream for the team that they love. They'll enjoy the day. But in the midst of all of that, I want you to be thinking today that it all began and it all begins for us with that relationship with God. And that's why Jesus came. You see, I love John 14 where it says, Look, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I'd tell you. Listen, don't be afraid. 
Don't, don't worry. Listen, I'm going to come back to get you. I promise you. You know the way, he said. And then Thomas makes a statement. He says, you know what? I don't know the way. He said, yeah, you do. It's through me. That's where he said, I am the way. I am the truth and I'm the life. No man gets to the Father but by me. So today I pray that you'll find that relationship first, that you'll make that preeminent. And then as we go in the weeks ahead, I'm going to show you how you take that relationship and you share it first with your family. And then you take it from beyond there to your neighbors, to your community, and to everything in your life, everyone around you. And then they can see and they can understand what they can have through Christ as well. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us today. Hope you have a great day. Go Cowboys. I'm sorry, Will. And I uh, hope you enjoy. And as you're having that moment, remember, God's connecting you to those people today for a purpose. And when you understand your purpose with him, then you can share that purpose with everyone around you. All right? Be blessed today. We love you. God bless. We'll talk to you soon.